This is a Federal News Network podcast. When it comes to government oversight, agency inspectors general see power in numbers. That's why 70-plus IGs form that Council on the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency, known as SIGI, a decade ago. The council has gained new responsibilities in recent years, and IGs have more authority now than they have had in the past. But members of Congress want more transparency into how IGs police themselves. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me with more. And Jory, let's start with SIGI itself. How has it changed over the past decade? They still don't have subpoena power, but they've got a lot of clout, huh? No, that's still actually a big sticking point, and we'll get into that in more detail. But SIGI has been around for about one in every four years that IGs have been around. IGs celebrated the 40th anniversary of the IG Act just last year. But SIGI as an institution has gotten some new responsibilities where IGs are now more than just the sum of their parts. They were lobbying for better access to agency records, which is something that is enshrined in the original IG Act, but they pushed for that a couple of years ago, and as a result, Congress passed the IG Empowerment Act, which really just reiterated this understanding that, yes, IGs have access to all agency records. In many ways, I think the IG Act is parallel to the Chief Financial Officer Act, the CFO Act. There are 24 CFO agencies. And 20 years after, 25 years later, CFOs and IGs still don't have all of the clout and, I guess, purview that they were envisioned to have when those laws were passed. So you have to have subsequent laws. And now we come to the idea of oversight of SIGI itself or inspectors general for inspectors general. What are lawmakers concerned about now? Jerry Connolly, the chairman of the Subcommittee on Government Operations, along with the ranking member Mark Meadows, And some other co-sponsors as well have introduced a bill that would bring more transparency into the internal review process for IGs that is done in-house through SIGI and their integrity committee. This bill that was just introduced a few days ago would require SIGI to provide regular updates into the number of IG reviews they do, as well as explain cases where they have looked into an issue and they have decided to no longer pursue that investigation. I guess Jerry Connolly said that when he wants information on SIGI Integrity Committee investigations into other IGs, he has to submit a Freedom of Information Act request to get it. And they just want regular reporting of rogue IGs, if such things exist, and what SIGI's doing about them. Yeah, this is actually a personal matter for Connolly. He was making reference to a situation in 2014 where he had issued a letter expressing concern about a TIGDA report, the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, and he had asked Siggy to look into it, and assurances were made that they would look into it, and they did, but he wasn't getting updates to his satisfaction of how that was going. And actually, he renewed that letter just this week, looking at trying to get some answers back to this original 2014 inquiry. Wow. Well, I guess a dog has a bone. It's not going to let go. And the issue of vacancies came up in IGs. We know some departments like Interior go years and years and years without a presidentially appointed confirmed IG. Interior was the notable example there. Up until earlier this month, there had been a a 10-year-long vacancy of not having a permanent IG. Of course, there were capable acting IGs in place and and getting the work done on a day-to-day basis, but not having that permanent leadership and someone really charting the course of what they want to look into – There are still some longstanding vacancies, um, and this has actually caught the notice of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. They recently sent a letter to the president highlighting this concern, acknowledging that there are, at this point, no nominees even being put on the table for 
really big positions, no less than the CIA, DOD, OPM, EPA. This is just a, an example of the number of vacancies, and these are significant agencies, certainly. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Now, Siggy had its own list of legislative fixes it would like to see. What were those? So on the table there, we heard from Kathy Buller, who is the Peace Corps' IG, and she's also chair of Siggy's legislative committee. They're in the business of proposing these things to Congress. And on her list, there's the subpoena authority that we were talking about earlier in the conversation. And so that really just comes down to the idea that IGs, they often bring people into interviews when they're going about their probes or their investigations. And if someone leaves an agency, uh, that's pretty much the the end of the line for them. They can't really track down those people and ask them more questions. And so here we have Buller telling the committee just how frustrating that is. If a federal employee under investigation for misconduct or whistleblower retaliation resigns, most IGs would lack any authority to require the now former federal employee to cooperate with the investigation. Testimonial subpoena authority would help IGs answer critical questions that would otherwise go unanswered and hold bad actors accountable. Yeah, like Lois Lerner at the IRS a few years ago. There's also some other things in this laundry list. Um, One of them is a little technical, but the request was to um, include another FOIA exemption for IG reviews of IT vulnerabilities. This is something that's kind of in recent years been a big sticking point for IGs. They're kind of going into the CIO role of looking into vulnerabilities, and they don't want to put out a report that says, here's the weaknesses, and then hackers say, got it, and they look into it. Right. This hasn't been a problem in the past. I know in recent memory, the Postal Service has done this, and it's a heavy, heavily redacted report, so you don't really get a, a, a drop on what the vulnerability was in the first place. Also, we heard from Michael Horwitz, who's the chair of SIGI, and he was saying that Congress should take another look at how SIGI is funded. Right now, it's kind of a pass-the-plate kind of situation with IGs, but he says that could be a, a good place to rethink that. Right now, the way SIGI's funded is through the voluntary contributions of 73 member organizations, which means we don't know what money and funding we're getting until all 73 of them go through the congressional appropriations process or those that are appropriated through Congress, which, as you know, is a tedious, laborious process that isn't necessarily resolved by October 1st of each fiscal year. That's a challenge for us and something we look forward to talking about with this committee and thinking about how we can improve our future operations. Yeah, that's Michael Horowitz, the Department of Justice IG, who has had a rather full plate lately, you might say, in terms of larger news items engulfing the government. And, Jory, what's next on the agenda for SIGI? So, SIGI, another one of their big projects is Oversight.gov. This is a project that got off the ground fairly recently, and it was only last year in the congressional spending bill that they got $1 million. That was the full request that they had to overhaul what is pretty much a bare-bones website at this point. It's just a clearinghouse right now of all 70-plus IGs and the reports that they put out as they put them out. Uh, What they want to do now is overhaul that website. They want to have an overview of all the open recommendations that are still pending for agencies to complete. And they also want to offer an IG guide for things like making their IT independent from the agencies that they oversee. All right. So IGs have a big concern in Congress now. Any chance of any of this legislation happening anytime soon? The subpoena power, the oversight of the uh, of the integrity committee? The subpoena thing is a perennial issue. The House has approved it for the past, I believe, two sessions. Senate is where it usually dies out. But IGs are pretty popular in Congress they have bipartisan support, and they're usually a pretty good return on an investment. 
Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.